Hello, everyone. I'm Emily Lavender, and welcome back to the Forever Marriage Podcast. Um, On our last episode of the podcast, we looked at Ephesians 5 and talked about mutual submission in marriage and what that is um, and kind of the world's definition of it versus what, what the Bible how the Bible defines submission. Mm -hmm. So Scott and Dawn are with me again today, and we're going to finish up this conversation about mutual submission. They've got nine realities about submission in marriage. And so we're just going to jump right in. And Scott, why don't you um, start us off with these nine, with these nine realities? All right. Well, just to remind you, if you weren't with us, I'd encourage you to go back, maybe press pause on this episode, go back to the previous one where we, as Emily said, we overviewed from Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 33, uh, set up this whole idea that Paul addresses in verse 21 of submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I encourage you to do so before you go through this one with us. But we want to talk about nine realities now about mutual submission. And we're talking about specifically in the context of marriage, my willingness to submit to regard Dawn as more important than me and she to me. And here's here's some of the realities that we want you to think about. The first reality is this, is that submission is not something we do once our spouse has earned it or deserves it. Think of it this way. Jesus said in Luke 6.32, he said, Now, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even, for even sinners love those who love them. So think of it this way with regard to mutual submission. If you submit to those who lead you well, as Dawn talked about in the last episode, maybe you're waiting for them to be a perfect leader of you, a perfect authority over you. Um, you're you're going to be waiting a long time, uh, if not most all of this life, because I am not a perfect leader to Dawn. Uh, and Guys, the the men that you or women that you serve under at work are not perfect leaders to you. So submission is not something we do specifically in the context of marriage. Once our spouse has earned it or deserved it, it's it's as if Paul is saying, listen, listen, if for no other reason, if just for reverence for Christ, and I don't say this in a derogatory way. I'm always careful how I say this language. But it's almost as if he's saying, for Christ's sake, submit to one another. Not because your partner has earned it or deserved it, but out of reverence, out of love, out of your willingness to submit to Christ, submit to one another. Point number two is this. We submit to one another for no other reason, as I just said, than we love and revere Christ. Because really, and I'm going to tie this to point three, mutual submission really, guys, is a demonstration of both our humility and surrender. So let me tie point two and point three together. Point two is we submit to one another for no other reason than we love and revere Christ. Point three, mutual submission is a demonstration of both humility and surrender. In our last episode, Emily used the word trust and our willingness to trust. And you think, if you think of our relationship with Christ, 
on the vertical plane, our relationship with one another, specifically in the context of marriage, husband and wife, on the horizontal plane, our ability to submit, to humble ourselves before God greatly affects our ability on the on the vertical plane greatly affects our ability to submit to one another on the horizontal plane because if i have an inability and an unwillingness to surrender my will to the will of the father much like what don said in the last episode of jesus in the garden of gethsemane subordinating his will to the will of the Father, if I have an unwillingness to do that, if there's stubbornness, if there's arrogance, if there's pride, if there's unwillingness and inability to obey the Father vertically, I can guarantee you I am going to struggle to submit to anyone in this life. Whether it's my wife, whether it's my boss, whether it's my pastor, whether it's the president, whether it's the governor, the mayor, whomever that God has placed over me, if I have an unwillingness and ability to humble myself and surrender to the will and the way of God, I'm going to totally miss out on being able to surrender and humble myself on the horizontal plane because there's arrogance and pride that goes into that, which leads us to point number four of the nine realities about mutual submission. The fourth reality is this, is that submission is not something we demand. It's something that we give. When I don't demand Dawn to submit to me, let me I'm going to speak to the husbands here for a moment. Anytime you, you read Scripture at a face value, and what, what Dawn read in the last episode is verse 22. We, we've been reading verse 21. I'm in Ephesians chapter 5. If you want to pull that up on your device or in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then when we get into verse 22, Paul begins his admonition to wives. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. The New American says, wives, be subject to your own husband as to the Lord. Now, let me speak to men here for a moment. Men, if you're listening and you have ever pulled the submission card out and said to your wife, woman, submit to me because that is what scripture tells you to do i will tell you now you you are a jerk uh, <laughs> I, there's a greek word for jerk and i can't remember it i'll have to go back to my greek lexicon and figure, look it up but any time and don you chime in here i i i do not believe guys that if i believe if you're leading your wife, verse 25, as Christ led the church. If you're loving your wife as Christ loved the church, I have yet to encounter in working with literally hundreds of couples the wife who said, my husband loves me, Scott and Dawn, as Christ loved the church. He's a jerk, and I'm not going to follow him. I haven't encountered that woman yet. 
If but conversely, if you're having to pull the submit card on your wife, I can tell you, you're not leading her, you're not loving her, you're not honoring her, you're not esteeming her, you're not valuing caring for her as Christ cared for the church. And I can understand. I'm not I'm not giving her a free pass, but I'm just saying you're not fulfilling your role verses 25 through the end of chapter 3. And so it's not if you're ever having to demand your spouse to submit to you, I can tell you you're all jacked up. You've got it wrong. <laughs> All jacked up. All jacked up. That's yeah, the there's word. There's a biblical word for that, that in there somewhere, and too. Jacked up. That's I'm right. Sure. Yeah. So, but talk, come back to me on, on those points, honey. What What's coming to your mind as I was working through that? Well, I, one, I feel like these passages give us individually enough to work on, think about, process seek the Lord on without having to look into the other person's life and say, this is what you should be doing. That's right. So for, for me personally, looking at all of Ephesians, looking at just at, and then coming into these verses, I've got enough to think about with me and process (laughs) vertically with the Lord. I don't have, you know, as much as I'm, it's, easy for me to look in there and go well Scott's not doing this and if he would lead me in this certain way then I wouldn't respond the way that Mm -hmm. I do that is wrong Mm -hmm. that's not that's not right so for you know just in thinking about what you're saying in that um, I feel like for me as a woman it's just important for me to be focused on what's going on inside of my heart and then be able to communicate in an effective way to you when I feel like there's something that's missing or that I need out of your leadership and your love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm going to speak this to both husbands and wives. Our senior pastor here at Lakewood in Gainesville uh, is about to retire, Dr. Tom Smiley, and uh, but he preached a sermon years ago that forever changed my my view of really of God and, and his sovereignty in our lives. He said it this way, guys. He said, the love of God wants what's best for you. The wisdom of God knows what's best for you. And the power of God can accomplish what's best for you. Now, let's put those three realities in, in this context of submission. If we believe that the love of God wants what's best for us, we believe emphatically that the wisdom of God knows what's best for us and that the power of God can accomplish what's best for us. It goes back to what Emily said in the last episode about trusting. If we trust those three realities to be true, it then informs our willingness and ability to submit to one another because we believe, okay, God, I am trusting you. I may not, in candor, be able to trust my spouse implicitly. I may have concerns and cares of, well, if I, because inevitably what we begin doing, we begin thinking reciprocally in that if I do this for you, I am hoping and praying, wishing that you're going to reciprocate and do the same thing for me. And there becomes a fear instinct. Well, what happens, Scott, if I do submit to my spouse and they don't reciprocate? Right. So in our 
our previous uh, episode when you shared uh, out of First Peter chapter five, mm-hmm. the passage of scripture verse six, I believe that mm-hmm. says, "Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that in the proper time He will lift you up." Mm-hmm. So we can see that upside down bell curve yeah. of what submission looks like, mm-hmm. biblical submission, the, mm-hmm. the humbling and then the raising that comes yeah. on the other side of that. But verse seven um, gives us um, the uh, what to do in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And, w- and it says, cast your cares, cares. upon the Lord mm-hmm. because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. That that word, the first word cares is the word that means anxiety driven cares. So, mm-hmm. Of course, whenever we are called upon to practice submission, we are going to have some anxiety-driven cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. they're all kind of fears, like you just described, these fears that come to us of what if they don't? What if this doesn't turn? What if, what if, the things that are unknown, the mm-hmm. anxiety-driven cares. God is saying, cast those on me. And it's, when we think about casting, we also often think, or and actually in reality, it's like casting a fishing line. We mm-hmm. cast it out. But we we're gonna draw it back, back yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But this is not the idea that this passage is talking about. This is talking about a literal throwing off, like a hot potato. You remember playing hot potato when you were a kid? <laughs> okay, yeah. you just didn't want to hold mm-hmm. it. You wanted to get yeah. it to somebody mm-hmm. else quickly. It's the same concept because mm-hmm. God is saying, "I need you to I need you to get that off of you like a hot potato." Because the longer you hold on to it, mm-hmm. the more damaging it's going to be for you. Mm-hmm. So cast that off onto the Lord because I care for you that that word care means exactly what you think mm-hmm. it is i have empathy compassion mm-hmm. for you i have walked this road with before myself yeah. i will be there to care for you mm-hmm. if that authority that is over you or what who are you submitted to does not handle this well mm-hmm. i will care for you and to me that is an important uh aspect of this whole process, like you just talked about, yeah. of this relationship with the Lord, so primary if we're wanting to walk this well, because it's not guaranteed to turn out, yeah. you know, it doesn't That's always right. mean that it'll be a, a, a favorable outcome. Yeah. Um, but God does help us in those moments when we, when we need it. So that reality, let me get my glasses on number five as we submit to one another there's that going down then to be raised up and we've talked about that a good bit but i want to talk about something i want to make clear some things Mm -hmm. that i think is important for this conversation yeah submission is never to be used as a justification for control or abuse that's right and you were just talking about Mm -hmm. that in terms of being saying i'm the leader uh, you're going to submit to me. And I think that just in any case across the board, certainly biblical leadership is just the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. You know, this Christ loved and led the church out of servant Servanthood. leadership, yeah. that lowly place, mm-hmm. um, which is so hard to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like um, servant and leadership are t- are on opposite ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. but the but that is the model for Mm -hmm. leadership and so whenever submission is demanded in an effort to control an outcome to control a person uh, or to be an excuse for abuse in a relationship um, that is improper that's right that is improper use that is the abuse of power that we talked about in the first episode that Mm -hmm. has brought us to a place of being really pushing back on the idea and Mm -hmm. the healthy practice of submission Mm -hmm. we 
leadership doesn't mean manipulation. It does not mean uh, domination. We do not practice submission to illegal, immoral, unethical, or unbiblical behavior. Yeah. Um, it is not proper for a woman to submit to a husband who is demanding something of his wife illegal, that is illegal, immoral, unethical, or unbiblical. Yeah, let me just speak to husbands here, and I'll put it in the sexual context. Or really, it doesn't have to just be sexual context. But husbands, if you're ever asking and or, let me change that word from ask, demanding something of your wife that is illegal, that is immoral, that is unethical, that is unbiblical, or it violates her conscience, and you're demanding that of her, you're not leading and loving her as Christ. So I would just say as a brother, if you're a brother in Christ, I'd say stop it right now that you are dishonoring her and you're not bringing reverence for Christ in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, that's right. God's laws come first. That's right. And we submit to his uh, laws first and foremost. And when they conflict with what's happening in the home, it's time to get some help. That's right. It's time to seek out some uh, godly counsel. Um, to be able to um, figure out exactly what's going mm-hmm. on there so that that can cease. That is not healthy for a marriage. That's not what godly principles of Scripture are. That's not what Scripture is talking about here when Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. As mm-hmm. you would. So the expectation is a husband will lead his wife as yeah. the Lord, that's right? right? That's, that's, the, that's that expectation. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that would that would just be something that we would be concerned about communicating well here mm-hmm. and being clear about. Mm-hmm. Secondly, is that submission is not enabling. Mm-hmm. So I find that this tends to happen for uh, in our people pleasers. You know, our people pleasing people, you know, they just want everybody to be happy. They don't want to rock the boat. You know, they don't they just want to keep the peace yeah right so i'll just let anything any old thing happen i'm going to submit to anything because i don't want conflict to arise i don't want the boat to be rocked i just want everybody to be happy Mm -hmm. that is also not biblical submission that is unhealthy dysfunctional behavior in a relationship right Mm -hmm. so my role is not to come under you just to enable you to keep doing the things that you're doing that are wrong Mm We don't submit to things like that. We stand up to things like that. Sure. You know, we we want to address the things in our in my own self. So sometimes it's me. What are where are my people pleasing behaviors causing me not to address the things in my mm-hmm. marriage that need to be yeah. addressed? Yeah. So submission is not enabling yeah. another person to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, Paul just tells to keep us, the peace. That's right. He tells us in Ephesians four fifteen to speak the truth in love. And so at times, both as husbands and wives, we have to address issues head on. Right. That's right. Exactly. Um, Number eight, mutual submission is a biblical practice of honor, value, love, and really mutual respect. That's right. When I, we talked about um, understanding our identity in Christ. It's not only important for me to understand that about myself. It's also important for me to understand that about you. God paid a high price for you. And so God's opinion of you trumps my opinion of you. And so the practice of mutual submission is honoring the image of God in each other, Mm -hmm. the identity, the the understanding that we're each children of God. And so it is that practice of honor 
value and love. And to me, a, a culture of honor and value and love and respect in a marriage is very important. If we can practice uh, submission with one another, or the let me just say it this way, the practice of submission will come a lot easier if there is a culture of love and value and respect and honor in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's not, if there's a devaluing of each other, if there's an attitude of I'm better than you are, my way is right, your mm-hmm. way is wrong, that is that does not establish a culture of yeah. love, value, honor, and respect mm-hmm. in the marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, mutual submission is life-giving to a marriage, uh, thereby giving life to the church and to the world. So mm-hmm. when we understand submission, mutual submission, and practice it, seek to practice it first. It becomes life-giving to our relationship and to our marriage. And I think you and I probably focus on that more than we even do the following scriptures that talk about me submitting to you and you loving me. Because as we sort of embrace this idea of mutual submission, those other things they, really they kind really of, fall in we, place. yeah, they really kind of fall in place because we are treating each other um, in a certain way that it that really makes that more smooth. Now it's not that we haven't had our breakdown in these areas. Have we? I know yeah. it's shocking. <laughs> it is shocking, but yes, we do. We yeah. most certainly do. Um, but trying very diligently with the power of of the Holy Spirit inside of us to honor each other and to submit mutually. Yeah. So let me, uh, as we're drawing to the end here, let me re- review the nine realities about mutual submission one more time. Submission is not, number one, submission is not something we do once our spouse has earned or deserved it. Number two, we submit to one another for no other reason than we love and revere Christ. Number three, mutual submission is a demonstration of both humility and surrender. Number four, submission is not something we demand, but something we give. Number five, As we submit to one another, there's a natural going down to then be raised up. Number six, submission is never to be used as a justification for control or abuse. Number seven, submission is not enabling. Number eight, submission is a biblical practice of honor, value, love, and respect. And then number nine, Mutual submission is life-giving to a marriage, thereby giving life to the church in the world. Now, as we finish this episode, I want to give you three practical ways to mutually submit to one another. And the first one is simply this. Emily, in the last episode, alluded to this, and in this episode, Dawn alluded to it, is realize that your spouse is a priceless, dearly loved child of God. Let me say that one more time. Number one is realize that your spouse is a priceless, dearly loved child of God. If they are actually a follower of Jesus Christ, when we talked about, Emily talked about in the last episode, understanding your identity in Christ. If you don't know what we're talking about there, I would encourage you, go back and read the beginning of this book, Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1, if you will look at these descriptors of who you are in Christ, there's at least 16 adjectives in chapter 1 that describes who you are. If you are a child of God, one, you're a saint, you're faithful, you're blessed, you're chosen, you're holy, you're blameless, you're predestined, you're adopted, you're a son, you're redeemed, 
you're forgiven, you're saved, you're sealed, you're called, you're the church, you're the body. And so if you realize that is true, if your spouse is a child of God and you realize that, you treat them as a dearly loved child of God. And you can't do that without honoring them, valuing them, loving and respecting them. Well, and I, I mean, there may be people listening to us whose spouses aren't. That's exactly and, right. You know, and I will say this. I mean, all people, all humanity bear the image of a holy God. That's right. And they are no less dearly loved. Yeah. So, you know, for, for you out there who maybe your spouse is not a believer, there is still, um, we still do treat them as valued, mm-hmm. uh, loved honored cared for and pray for them that they would come to know christ as savior um and so you know unbelievers or people who don't have the holy spirit inside of them uh, that acting you know uh, sinful well i mean they don't have that corrective measure in them necessarily to help them to move them in that direction so fundamentally if our spouse is not a believer then our role is to really pray for them to come to know Jesus as Savior. Yeah, and to your point, honey, I mean, as you and I often find, more often than not, not always, but more often than not, it is a believing wife who is married to an unbelieving spouse or unbelieving husband. And and Peter himself mm-hmm. even addresses it this way in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, what Dawn is saying, that this very idea. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. In the same way, wives, be submissive to your own husbands so that even if one of them is disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. And it once again goes back to what Emily was saying earlier, is if you are married to an unbelieving spouse, do you believe, are you willing to subordinate your will to even this imperfect authority here, trusting God with your behavior? So three practical ways to mutually submit to one another. As we just said, realize that your spouse is a priceless, dearly loved child of God. Number two, resist the tempting urge for power grabs in your marriage. Really, submission, guys, is never about grabbing for power. It is actually relinquishing power, relinquishing uh, our will to the will of the Father and trusting Him. There's not any time that one or both of you as spouses are grappling, grabbing for power, I'm going to just say this. If you're grappling for power, I believe it says more about your relationship with the Father than it does your relationship with your spouse. Because if you're grappling for power, it says you have an inability to trust God. Now, listen, I'm a realist. I'm not saying that that's always easy. Trusting God can at times be one of the hardest things, the most testing things for us to do. But if we believe, as I said earlier, that God wants what's best for us, knows what's best for us, and can accomplish that, we are willing to submit our will to his will. And then the last of the three practical ways to mutually submit to one another is simply this. Number three, demonstrate a spirit of cooperation with one another for the glory of God. 
Ephesians 5.21, we'll read it one last time, says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission in marriage, mutual submission in marriage, by God's design, is for our own good and for God's glory. Because a husband and wife, whether that's me and Dawn, whether it's Benji and Emily, when we're able to demonstrate mutual submission of honor, of value, of love and respect to one another, it is an irresistible aroma, I believe, for a watching and dying world that is looking for the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is truth, and when we apply it to our lives, Lord, it separates us apart from a watching world that is looking for truth, that is grappling for truth, Lord. We see it in our own nation right now. I pray for Benji and Emily. I pray for me and Dawn, and I pray for all the couples that are listening right now that we would walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called. And in so doing, Lord, we would be a actual practical, personal, physical demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is our prayer now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for what God has done in y'all's marriage. Um, it's just a gift. It's helpful to me. It's helpful to our church. Um, so just thank you for giving of yourselves to share what you've learned and, and what you've gleaned from God's word to, to edify the church. It's it's a gift. So we, we appreciate you. Um, coming up on our next episode, we're going to talk about some traditions. We're on the brink of Christmas and so we just want to talk about some traditions um, in, in our next episode so be be sure to look out for that and we'll be back with another episode of the Forever Marriage Podcast.